Hello and welcome to the Nature Jobs podcast. I'm Julie Gould. In this month's Wineback Wednesday series, we've been looking at entrepreneurship, how to become one, what it takes to be one and what one really is. Now, a few weeks ago, I was at Imperial College London for a SynBioBeta event. SynBioBeta is a group that looks to nurture fledgling synthetic biology ideas and innovations into the scary world of becoming a startup. In our last episode, we heard from Steve Blank, the thought leader behind the lean startup movement. He was actually the keynote speaker on the first day of the event. On the second day, it was Kit Malthouse, the deputy mayor of London for business and enterprise who opened proceedings. He was very enthusiastic about his plans to turn London into the next biotech hub. So I managed to catch some time with him after his speech to pick out the finer details. In your speech today, you were really emphasising how you would like to see London become the next biotech hub. How is this going to happen? Well, to a certain extent, we already are, right? So we have a huge kind of biotech life sciences sector. We have the five of the top universities in the world. We've got some incredible hospitals, medical research. We've got the Crick coming on stream next year. You know, Institute for Cancer Research, the most successful cancer drug-producing institution in the world. So there's a huge ecosystem there already. What we want to do is give it some coherence, so that it comes together as a kind of entity. It's not seen around the world as a landing place for life sciences, despite the fact that it's bigger, really, than Boston and San Francisco. So give it some coherence, promote it, and fundamentally attract investment in. You know, we've seen a slight flight of investment, certainly large companies leaving the UK in life sciences and biotech in general. We want to attract them back. But critically, we want to attract risk capital. And, you know, if you're a, an academic researcher coming out of an institution looking for money to commercialize your molecule technology, you need money. And at the moment, that's quite hard to find. And so what we're going to be trying to do is create this kind of fizzing, buzzing ecosystem that will give you the money you need. We've seen it in tech and digital. You know, we started with a sort of little group of startups. Now we're getting the big corporates coming in, investing money, Google, Amazon, Telefonica, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we're seeing certainly a lot of venture capital coming into that area. We now need it into life sciences and and biotech. And that will fundamentally be the key that unlocks the issues. In between that, there are a number of issues that we're trying to face. And they are the normal issues that everybody faces so where do young businesses go where what premises do they need the graph between what they want and what they can afford doesn't cross in london so we're looking at how we can provide incubator and and kind of follow-on space similarly where do young people live you know, some fa- fantastic places to live in London. But if you're an academic, if you're in a startup, it's pretty tough. You know, we look at the Crick, right? The Crick is going to have 1,500 researchers in it from 2015. They're not paid millions of pounds. Where are they going to live? So we're talking uh, about whether we can create some kind of housing for scientists and scientific researchers, a sort of science ghetto, if you like, somewhere. You know, can we use some of our spare land to build this, uh, this facility? So there's all those kind of nuts and bolts issues that we're looking at. But critically, it will be about risk capital. That's, that's what we're lacking in London. We've got everything else. We've got the brains. We've got the research centers. We've got the know-how. We've got the connectivity to the rest of the world. We just need the money now. Considering that we've got all of those things, the brains, the research centres, the connectivity, why isn't there this risk capital investment? It's a really good question. There's a kind of number of things. I mean, one, small cap venture capital got a bit of a bad name in the past. It's a bit random. Returns aren't 
was brilliant. You know, nine out of ten molecules won't make it. You know, it's almost, certainly in life sciences and biotech, it's almost kind of charitable giving. Um, so whether we actually have the right tax framework around it, I mean, the governments were working very hard. You know, they have the patent box, there's EIS, SEIS, you know, Entrepreneurs Relief, all that kind of stuff is in there. But whether they've quite got the mix right or not, I don't know. And we're having a look at City Hall about whether the fiscal environment is right. The second thing is, I think, that there's a kind of exposure issue. While tech and digital doesn't have a problem attracting venture capital, that's because it's kind of sexy and cool. Um, and people sort of understand it because the, the technology appears on their smartphone or on their computer. They use it on an everyday basis. Trying to explain to somebody that a, a small molecule that will do something to, to sugar to produce, it doesn't really have mass appeal. Um, and so we need to somehow get more exposure of the industry to the institutional investment market that takes in retail money. At the moment, they will pour money into tech. They don't pour it into uh, life sciences and biotech. And I think that's just a, a kind of trend thing. I think it's coming, but it's just a trend thing. The third thing is about the public market is how liquid is the public market. Because if you're a venture capitalist and you're investing, you know, if you're an academic, you come out of Imperial, um, you've got a small molecule that you want to explore and you want you know, five million quid off me as a venture capitalist. I'll say fine, but I need to know where my exit will be. Will the public market, will there be a market for the investment when it actually succeeds? And our public market has been a bit sluggish um, over the last 10 years. It's now really getting going. AIM is motoring. Uh, the stock exchange is doing very well. We lobbied successfully to get stamp relief on high-growth companies on AIM last year, which has made a big difference to liquidity. So that's coming as well. AIM could in time become our own kind of NASDAQ where there's hungry capital looking for opportunities, and that will be key, we think. So if we can get those three aligned, the tax, the kind of culture, and the sense that life science is somewhere where you can both make money but also do exciting and interesting things, and then sort of vigorous public market, then we'll have a much better ecosystem for, for commercialization. For those scientists who've got these ideas that they want to turn into small entrepreneurship businesses, what sort of advice have you got for them in the coming years to make their dreams a reality? Well, it's the kind of personal advice and then the institutional advice, right? The personal advice is stick with it. It's bloody hard. Um, as was said earlier, you know, everybody has their panic moments. I'm I, unusual in politics in that I've been, I am in business. I still own my own business that I started uh, 20 years ago. Not in science, too stupid for that. But, you know, it's a really, really tough gig. And you really have to put your head down and drive for it if you believe in your Product, But the other thing is actually, and this is from an institutional point of view, there is a lot of uh, help and advice out there. The key thing, I think, is engage. When people say, have said to me in the past, you know, I'm not quite sure what to do with my business, what should I do? I always say to them, just pick up the phone. You just have to engage. Get out there, network, go to events, present yourself, promote yourself, talk to journalists, talk to, you know, there are lots and lots of networking events. And don't necessarily go to stuff that you would you think is just for you. You know, if there are networking events in tech and digital, there are always going to be VCs there. Look for partnerships. There's a lot of people out there who you need to meet, and you can never do too much networking. So I think critically go out and engage rather than just sit looking down your microscope. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks a lot. So off you go. Get out the lab and start networking. And if you've got any comments, thoughts or questions for Kit, please do leave them in the comments section below, or you can use the hashtag NJPodcast on Twitter. Next time, we'll be hearing from Andy Kirk, the founder of Visualising Data. We have a chat at the British Library about the importance of storytelling in data visualisation. And if you want to know more about Nature Jobs, then you can go to blogs.nature.com forward slash naturejobs or follow us on Twitter at Nature Jobs or even on Facebook. 
That's it for now. I'm Julie Gould.